This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, today, I know there were a ton of upsets in college football last week. I know that uh, Notre Dame fans... You got old Miss. I'm missing another big one-loss team that you got to help me out with. There was old Miss. There was Notre Dame. There's one other that just this week where everyone was just kind of like, oh, oh, Georgia. That was it. You got Georgia, Notre Dame, old Miss. All you guys are kind of down this week. Don't worry. You only got one loss. You can still make the college football playoff. But today, we're going to start the podcast off with a little college NFL flavor for you guys. And the reason why we're doing that is if you guys have been living under a rock, maybe you guys were at work all day today and you didn't realize the Dolphins have fired Joe Philbin as their head coach in Miami. And Brandon, I'm just going to throw it out there, plain and simple for you to answer. A lot of people have thrown out this topic. Is Nick Saban primed? for a return to the NFL in Miami. Only if he is mentally ill. That's the only way he's primed for a return to Miami. Absolutely not. So you do not leave a cushy job that you've got at Alabama and what you've got going there for the last, since since 2007. Mm -hmm. You just don't give that up. You are one of the most successful college coaches. That is not something that you give up to go back to the NFL. Go back to a team where you've, where you've already, already failed. Where you have already failed. See, and here's the thing. This is what I thought about today. I was watching. It was around the horn today as I was eating kind of like my, you can either call it late lunch, early dinner kind of a meal. And I'm watching around the horn and they're talking about Joe Philbin getting fired. And they focused more on the Dolphins and their whole aspect behind it. But beforehand, Tony Reale kind of threw out a poke and they kind of posted all like the Twitters that everyone's been, the tweets that everyone's been throwing out about like, oh, Saban to the Dolphins, Saban to the Dolphins, Saban should go back to the Dolphins. And here's the way I see it. And virtually, I'm going to compare it to Chip Kelly. And I know what you're thinking if you're listening to the podcast right now. You're going, well, Ricky... You know, Chip Kelly was a different situation. Oregon was super successful when Chip Kelly left. And now we kind of see, well, Bama's, let's be honest, Bama is still successful. They're just not the Alabama that we're used to seeing. We're not used to seeing Alabama lose a game to Ole Miss early and have to kind of regain their I kind of want to say pedigree against Georgia Tech. Like right now, Alabama should be undefeated. But just Georgia, not Georgia Tech. Georgia. I said Georgia Tech, didn't I? I meant Georgia. And here's the way I see it, and this is why I'm going to kind of compare it to Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly got out of Oregon at the right time where – yeah, he came in, and it was kind of, you know, it's a system where the next guy, the next assistant coach, they hire from within the system. 
10 and 3, 8 and 1 season. Rose Bowl, a loss. His second year, they go 12 and 1. They go to the BCS national title game. They lose that game. That's the only game they lose all year. Then they win at the Rose Bowl. Then they win in the Fiesta Bowl. And then he leaves. He go ahead and he leaves for Philly. He leaves Oregon when he's on top. At the absolute top. Nick Saban doesn't have that. You can kind of say he has a similar kind of situation where he, if he left Alabama, he'd be leaving as the, I would say, Alabama fans kind of. They, they they treat him, it's in Alabama, it's you got Bear and then Saban. That's how it goes. Bear's number one of all-time Alabama coaches. Then you've got Nick Saban right below him. And I I don't know if he makes the move. I don't I I would lean no at this point. But I think that this is a move. At the end of the season, we're gonna get there's going to be three choices that Nick Saban can make. He can stay at Alabama. He can go to the NFL and coach the Dolphins. Or he can go to the biggest state in the U.S. and coach the Longhorns. Those are the three choices he's going to have to make at the end of the season. Well, Ricky, uh, you know, and I mentioned this to you before we even came on the podcast. It's a it's a cute title you gave the podcast, and I understand that you're big on that. But this really, um, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, I, this doesn't even need a discussion uh, because Nick Saban is going nowhere. I mean, if he knows what's good for him, he's going nowhere. If he knows where the money's at, he's staying right there in Alabama. I mean, that— Now, the money, we can argue because— Depending on what happens at the Texas situation, I know that this Who week, wants to get involved in that crap? Well, this, who wants no, I'm telling you, <laughs> who wants to get involved and this with is, that mess? You're saying if it, Charlie it, Strong goes by. It's bye-bye. a mess. It is a mess now. You could keep Charlie Strong and put him in as an assistant. It's still <laughs> a mess over there in Texas. Just watch their games. Guys at halftime are tweeting that they want to transfer. I mean, at it is a yeah. mess. Who would want to go to that? Uh, nobody. Nobody. So Nick Saban right now with what he's got, he hasn't lost more than three games in a season with Alabama. Mm-hmm. You look at what he did with the Dolphins. Not a lot. And, and then o- you and then you, it but, was o five and o six. He had nine and seven season, second in the AFC East, and then a ten and six season, fourth in the AFC East. Well, that second, was 05, 06. second isn't first, and when you're ten and six and you're fourth, <laughs> that's saying something about your division. But it was six and ten. I meant not ten and six. Well, I was gonna say ten yeah. and six and you're fourth. I mean no, six and ten. Six and that's ten. That's terrible. So fifteen but, and seven over two years. But here's the thing: is that if you look at Miami. I think Alabama's team mm-hmm. has more talent because right now well, my- Alabama could be a they could take on like I don't know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and probably still win. Well, they sure would give Jameis Winston <laughs> they, fits. They could play Chip Kelly's Eagles and win. Nick Saban and his Crimson Tide, who are in college, could probably beat the Philadelphia Eagles right now. But see, here's here's what going back to your to your Chip Kelly point. You say mm-hmm. he got out of the right time. Oh, he got well, out. Well, the now best he time. now he probably can't get out right now of, of Philly, mm-hmm. and 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 right now he's hated. Philly fans, that's how they are. If you lose a game, 
We hate you. If you win a game, we love you I, until you lose the next game. I don't know. I think Philly fans, on top of hating him this week, they also hate Caleb Sturgis, who missed some key kicks this past week. But I just, part of me, like, how many times have we seen coaches go, well, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to leave. And then they leave. But here's the thing. you, I don't really think you see these big staple coaches leave. I mean, Chip Kelly was was kind of out of the box. You don't you don't really see that happen a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harbaugh, he left. He had some success. You're talking about Jim. Yep, then he was Ooh. dwindling down and then he came back where now he's having success. Some guys Okay, just so you were talking have, about when he left Stanford. Yes. I was going to say when he left the 49ers, you kind of saw the writing on the oh, wall no, no, at that no. point. No. But but then you have Nick Saban. And I would not picture Nick Saban anywhere other than Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, I think he ends in Alabama. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you have guys in the recruiting in the recruiting class who want to come to your team. They will pick your team because you are who you are. Because you of are roll tide. Alabama. That is it. You mm-hmm. don't need to say anything else. You don't need to take them on escorts like Louisville did. You don't even need the escort system. You just say you're Alabama and they'll come to you. Mm-hmm. Having an escort system would be a plus. <laughs> but you know what? That aside, the joking aside, Nick Saban, I don't think he goes anywhere I think he stays right here in Alabama. The bread and butter, what is going well for him, what has gotten him to the, pe- what has given him the pedigree that he has right now, he is so good in this position. You don't give that up. You don't give that up to be wishful, to be a thinker, a dreamer. Oh man, what could that be if I went back? Who cares? No, don't go back. <laughs> Do not go back. That's all I'm saying. Here's the thing, and I'm also going to throw out, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh, and I didn't even think about, he was another coach that left college, went to the pros. He's another one I would throw in, got out at the right time, because, I mean, Stanford, 12-1, and 8-1, Orange Bowl victory. He saw the writing on the wall, hey, I've only got Andrew Luck for one more season. I'm going to get out now while I have the chance. He goes to the 49ers. Went to a Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but he went to a Super Bowl, which not many coaches can do in the NFL. Here's the thing with Nick Saban and Alabama fans. You may not want to hear this, but we're approaching two more seasons after this one. It will be a decade, a decade of Nick Saban at Alabama. Brandon, he... He became the coach of Alabama, just to put a little bit of perspective on our age, he became the coach at Alabama when I was a junior in high school and you were in eighth grade. That is when he became the coach of Alabama, a long time ago. Part of me feels, part of me feels not everything is forever. When's that time that Nick Saban... Goes, are we getting are we getting towards the end? That's basically what I'm asking. Either the end of, you know what, I'm 63. At that point after the if it if he goes a decade with the Crimson Tide, it'd be okay. I'm 65, pushing 66. Can I still do this? Or do you think he's saying it I mean just this season, okay, I'm 63. I'm not getting any closer to 50. 
what if I tried the NFL one more time? Because I feel like there's some, there are some coaches that are like, you know what? I'm a college coach, and that's all I am. However, in the back of every coach's head, I feel like they beg to ask that question. I wonder if I can make it at the next level. And with Nick Saban, with how much he has struggled at the NFL two seasons, part of me feels like, I, I'm, I'm not saying he does, I don't know him personally, but part of me feels like he may be like, it may be in the back of his head, but man, I wish I could just have like a successful season in the NFL just to shut everyone up and then I could be the greatest coach of football. Do I think that happens? No. If I had to say an answer definitively right now, I'm saying there's a better chance that Nick Saban leaves Alabama to go to Texas than there is of him jumping to the NFL going back to Miami. Hey, let me let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Usually I ask you the questions, but go ahead. You're, shoot. You heard of this guy named Vince Scully? No. Never heard of him? No. You've really never heard of Vince Scully. The name sounds familiar. Broadcaster with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, okay. Forever and forever and forever. How many times do you think that people said, you know what, Vin? It's probably going to be done next year. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it a long time. You know, maybe he'll go do something different. And he's there forever. Guess what? He is still doing it. He is still doing it at one yeah, million but, years old. And hey, keep your yeah butt in your mouth. Okay. But 87, though, not a million. But listen, it's <laughs> a million years old for how long he's been doing it. Um, Nick Saban doesn't need to go to the NFL to say, hey, I'm a great coach. He doesn't need the NFL. Besides, what happens after if he went, what happens if he went to the NFL, had one good season? I'm a great coach. What do you do? Quit? I'm done. I'll retire now. <laughs> Anyone can take this job now. I showed everyone I'm a good coach. Mm -hmm. I can now quit. That's not going to happen. There's no sense in that. The sense is to stay right there at Alabama and continue to be successful because guess what? You have been since 2007. I mean, it's 2007, you're 7 and 6, but 2008. You have, <laughs> he needed one season to get his feet underneath him and to get things going. He will continue to have a legacy at Alabama, produce good players because they want to play for him. Who wouldn't want to play for Nick Saban? Who wouldn't want to play for Alabama right now? Exactly. And I mean, you had Coker transfer just because of the whole Jameis Winston thing, and he chose Alabama. And then Alabama shows you that they can have a horrible, horrible night against Ole Miss, still almost win the game, and then, and then the come back game. when you're the quote-unquote underdog and whoop the poop out of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So uh, Alabama is a great team. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with Nick Saban. He's a great coach. He is really, really not thinking right if he leaves the Alabama Crimson Tide. Can I ask you a question that has nothing to do with Nick Saban now? Kind of to move over into yeah. the other stuff. This may be, it's Monday night as we're recording this, just so you guys know. This may be an overreaction Monday type of question, but following this past weekend, should the Georgia Bulldogs think about firing Mark Rick at the end of the season? 
should they think about firing him at the end of the season? Why would say, you Why would you ask that question? The reason why I'm asking that question is, and Georgia Bulldog fans, back me up in the comment section if I'm wrong, but the thing about Mark Rick— Well, they really wouldn't back you up if you're wrong. Well, they would kind of right, jump on if you. If I'm right, back me up. If I'm wrong, jump on me. But Mark Rick's been the coach for— at Georgia, well, if Nick Saban was made you feel old, Brandon, Mark Rick's been there since 2001, ah. and he's been fairly successful. That was like fifth grade for me. Yes, that was fifth grade for me. So you were a young tyke in 2001. Having a good old time. <laughs> Having a but good old time. Overall, his... X amount of years, I'm not going to count them up, but he's 140 wins, 49 losses, 80 SEC wins, 35 conference losses. But the one thing that has eluded him, and everyone's been, it's been his biggest just knock, is lately, can he win the big games? Take, for example, this past weekend at Alabama. You're the, you're the favorite you get blown out. Two thousand. Well, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. Not everyone was seeing them as the favorite. I mean, they even talked. I'm, about I'm just that. saying, like the national number the wise, national the number I, in front of you, the number in front of you, and number in front of mm-hmm. them had them as the favorite, but a lot of people didn't. I mean, last year, you go ahead and, I mean, South Carolina beats you. You have an unranked Florida team beats you. Georgia Tech beats you in overtime last year. I would say just like the Florida and Southern Cal game. Okay, not showing up in big games. 2013, Auburn beats you. Vanderbilt, you lose to Vandy on the road. 2012, you lose to South Carolina and Alabama. I'm going to go back to either 2011. You lose to Boise State, the number five team in the country, and you lose to South Carolina back to back. And it's just one of these things where is it that point of his tenure where it's like, okay, we appreciate your time here with the Bulldogs. But I think we go somewhere else. Do you think that this Alabama game cements the perception for Mark Rick or Mark Rich that he can't win the big game? Lately, he can't win the big game. If Alabama comes to town, doesn't matter. Alabama's going to win kind of a thing. Me, and both of you, me and you picked the Bulldogs to win. Both of us did. Well, here's my thing. It's not so much that you can't win the big game, but it's more of the fact that— You're not winning the you, big game. It's, it's more the fact that you didn't just lose. You got blown out at home. 38-10. to 10. The fact that you cannot get your, I mean, your running back, your stud running back is held down most of the day. And the only way, the only reason he had his whatever 100th game in a row, because he broke off an 83-yarder. Yes, he's good, but my gosh, you need some other stuff around him. It can't be Nick Chubb Mm -hmm. all the time, which I kind of thought that it would be a Nick Chubb show, but Alabama's defense showed up. This past Saturday, of course, they didn't show up the weekend before. Well, I think it was in a text to me on Saturday. You're like, why did I vote against my Crimson yeah, Tide? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was. But you went silly. with your Fighting Irish and they, uh. You know what? 
I was happy with how they played. <laughs> I was happy with it. They did just fine. They, I, I, I think they actually, should have won that game. Some things went against them. One thing but. about that game, and then we'll go back to Mark Rick, and I just want to say this. You know what's actually – it was funny to me. It's humorous how James, when Jameis Winston isn't on the field, how that play to the corner, there magically isn't a penalty when Jameis Winston isn't on the sideline. Do you know what I'm referencing from last season? The oh, uh, the Notre Dame-Florida State game where they had that touchdown pass in the corner. We're like, yes, Notre Dame's going to knock R- right off. Right at the very end. Yeah. I, it wasn't it to got, the corner, wasn't it? Wasn't it, it was, just right over the middle, just kind of to the right side? It was to like that side, like to one side of the end zone. It was the same side that that play happened where they scored the last touchdown. And I just, we were with, I was with a friend of ours, Dave Oster, and I just go, man, it's kind of uh, it's kind of humorous that uh, that flag doesn't get thrown when Jameis Winston isn't on the opposing sideline. That's the only reason why that flag was thrown because, you know, Jameis Winston was untouchable and he had to win games to get to the playoff before my boy Marcus Mariota showed him up. But but going back to that, if if I'm thinking about the same play that you are, it wasn't even a call against Jameis Winston. No, it was a call. I'm was saying a call. it's a call against Notre Dame, and the refs threw that flag because. Jameis Winston, just because he's on the other team, the other team gets I don't know the about, right calls. I don't know if it was about Jameis Winston. I think it was more about keeping Florida State I'm making um, a joke. elevated. I, well, you know, I, I, I'm taking your <laughs> joke and I'm making it factual, trying to think, think and analyze it. Ricky, you know that's how I am. But, uh, no, go, going back to it, going back to Georgia. Yeah, you know, I was just really disappointed. I, I, Georgia, for me right now— with And they're going to bounce back. Watch. You watch. They'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. But what I question right now is when they do come up against these good teams like they did with Alabama— Like Florida is, on Halloween? Yeah. Will they have more than just Nick Chubb to offer? Mm-hmm. Will they have an offense around Chubb to get things going? And mm-hmm. will they get things going? But then again, every team has a clunker. Look at Ole Miss. I thought Ole Miss was going to go into the swamp and just swat Florida out of there. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. So, I, I, you know, I think that every team deserves a clunker. Alabama had theirs. Ole Miss now had theirs. Georgia had theirs. It's when you have multiple in a year. That's when I start getting a little worried and look to the head coach and say, you know what, this is not working for us. I'm throwing out one game. Georgia fans, I want you in, this is going to be the week after, so the week of Thanksgiving. You guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I love Thanksgiving. Trap game for Georgia this season. And it could be, I'd give it a 90% chance you lose this game. At Auburn. Okay, say this one more time. Say that one more time. It's a trap game, meaning... It's one of those where you're probably going to be the favorite, but you're probably going to lose at Auburn. 90% at ninety percent chance you could upset that game based on what we've seen in the past of you not being able to – you guys getting upset by some opponent. Like, like I said, that Vandy game a few years back. I mean, you could say, yeah, Vandy was good. No, Ricky, Vandy was never good. I mean, James Franklin had that team – Kind of respect, respectable, but Vandy was never someone that I expected to run the table. They were kind of that, under James Franklin, they were kind of that mid-tier of like, okay, they're decent. They're not too great. They're not absolutely terrible. 
but a Georgia team should have been able to beat them kind of a thing. I just think that Auburn game is going to be a trap game for Georgia this year on November 14th. I don't know about that. I mean, unless Auburn really cleans up their act against good teams, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I mean, Auburn really kind of let me down. I was high on them at the beginning of the season, as you know, and and anyone who is a avid listener of the podcast, our videos that we do, they know I was big on Auburn. I've been I've been high on them all all, all off season, and then at the start of the season, I really kept going with them. But they continue to let me down, and and uh, believe Jeremy Jeremy Johnson, the quarterback over there, he's just been he got benched. He, I mean, he and, he and he should. I mean, he was really struggling. He wasn't what he was last year, and and another guy who's probably going to get benched soon if he doesn't clean his act up. We all know where I'm going with this one. It's it's going to be Cardale. So I, well, I, that's think, I think, thing. but I let's, think that to, to end that. to end that to go into the other. Okay. I think that ending that Georgia, it's it will not be a trap game for them. I think they do get it done. But Georgia going the rest of the way, they have got to be solid the rest of the way. Otherwise, they can kiss any chances of a playoff hope goodbye they absolutely can let me throw this out there this is what the big thing you want to talk about you mentioned um cardell is is ohio state really the best team in the nation they the best team in the land brandon well how about this right now you bet they are because why they're still number one in the poll. And why? Because they continue to win. See, I got a problem with that. I they, cannot... conti- they continue to win. But tell me, tell me, why can't should— can't wait in two weeks, no, two but, or three but, weeks. But, but I'm telling you, as of right now, they have not lost. You look at what they did last season. They won the national championship. Now they're still winning, still winning, still winning, still winning. Why should another team overtake them who didn't do that last year? Mm-hmm. Why, why Why should they do that? At this point, if, if if Ohio State went out and lost on Saturday, I'd say, nah, drop them way down. But at this point, they're still the number one team. I'm going to tell you guys personally. I cannot tell you for the MV, the official MVP Top 25. Got to go to the YouTube channel and check out that video for that. But I will tell you this. I will give you a little spoiler and a little... I'm cracking my head open and giving you an inside to how this could the, be scary, how the folks. brain of Ricky Widmer works. This week, when me and Brandon came up with our rankings, I had Baylor as the number one team in the country in my personal rankings. Reason why. Number one, Ohio State should be a two-loss team. Should have lost to NIU. They won on a lucky defensive play. They should have won against Indiana. Without Ezekiel Elliott, they would be 0-1. The quarterback play has been terrible thus far. JT Barrett should be the starter. Cardell Jones, you're not mature enough to be the starting quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Baylor, on the other hand, 56-21, 66-31. Oh, Rice, 70-17. Oh, Texas Tech, a team that TCU needed one last, like, last-second touchdown to beat? Yeah, we'll just score 63 on you. At this point, to me, and maybe it's because I—and this could also go into a discussion of what Dabo Sweeney said coming into this week where he thinks that rankings are stupid until after, like, week five, week six because— Everyone who was down on Utah in the 
beginning of the season as high on Utah. Now everyone who was high on, let's say, I don't know, Alabama isn't as high on Alabama as they were at the beginning of the season. I kind of agree with them, but here's the way I think with rankings, and this is ever since last season. When I do a top 25, I don't do this, oh, well, I'm going to wait till week eight to think about it playoff-wise. No. Each and every week I think of, especially with the top four, who are my playoff teams, who should be the best team in that playoff. And Baylor, you can, I will admit, the biggest thing that you can come out and say, SMU on the road, Lamar at home, Rice at home, Texas Tech, you can say, you know what? They weren't strong opponents. They weren't strong opponents. They weren't strong at all. However, however, Look at the the scores, the points that they scored. It does not wait, matter. Wait, wait, it wait, 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 Brandon, Brandon, just, this is the last thing I want to make, and then I'll give you as much time as you need. I'll turn my mic off if you want. No, I'm 50, not going to pop you. 56, 66, 70, 63. The same opponents that Ohio State played that'd be in that category, I'll put NIU there because they don't have Jordan Lynch anymore. 20 to 13. And then against Indiana, who let's all let's be frank for a second. Indiana is one of the worst teams, worst teams record wise each year in the Big Ten. 34 to 27. Way too close of games. Baylor at the moment is just blowing out their opponents. I mean, this could all change when we get to that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU stretch later in the season. But the way I look at it, Baylor's been the most dominant team, no matter who they've played. They weren't like TCU, and they they didn't need a last-second touchdown to beat Texas Tech. They said, hey, you know what, Cliff? We're just going to beat you. Or, Kiff, we're just going to beat you straight up. You, you can keep your last-second touchdown because we don't need it here. I still, however, though, I still have the four, the same four playoff teams that you had, Brandon, I had. It's still Baylor, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan State. Those are the playoff teams right now. I just think Baylor's the best. They're the best. Okay. Well, keep your mic on because I got some questions. Okay. Um, you think Baylor's the best because why? They put up a lot of points. Hey, Ricky, you know they what? Look do- but, they but can, they can look I, dominant. Wait, I'm not done yet. I okay. don't want your answer yet. I okay. didn't want it yet. Here's the thing. Are you and I really good? If we put up a lot of points against eighth graders, if we played against them, are you and I really good? We'd be better than, let's say, um, Mark and Steve if they went up against eighth graders and only won by a touchdown. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. But but here's the thing. That, but are they going up? Are they going up against the same eighth graders? Or are they different eighth graders? Because you and I are going up against the eighth graders from Rice. They're going up against the. Um, the eighth graders from Marist. Is it the same thing? Really, those would be the same thing if you're no, thinking but, of no, high but, school football around the area. Well, well, that's I mean that's not eighth graders, mm-hmm. but you know it's high school, which I would consider eighth grade at this point in my life. But um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I I'm serious though because Notre uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State did not play Texas Tech. Ohio State did not play Lamar. If they played those teams. Who knows? Maybe they would have done really, really well against them. 
And who knows? Maybe Baylor would have really flopped against NIU. We don't know. Want to know why? They didn't play him. So here's the thing, is that Ohio State is still the number one team because of what I said before. And Baylor has played literally no one. So how about we put that one to rest? <laughs> they can be number three all they want. That is fine. You're number three. If Ohio State lost tomorrow, then maybe they're number one. Maybe. But the thing is, is that you can't play teams like Lamar, teams like SMU, score 1,000 points and say, we are good, baby. Let it put us at number one. We just scored 90 points combined against these two teams. They're shit, but put us at number one. That doesn't make any sense. Do you understand? Here's Do you understand what, that point? Here's what I'm going to say, though, to kind of counteract that is it kind of like maybe it's the old BCS system coming out in me with a little bit of just human, just humanism to um, what I have, because to me, this is how I feel with the rankings. Number one, I feel like TCU should not be ranked over Baylor. And the reason why I say that is TCU, yes, they beat Texas Tech, but they needed a last-second touchdown to do so. Baylor just wiped the floor with Texas Tech. It was never an even question that Tech, like, oh, is Texas Tech going to win that game? No, they didn't even make it close. So Baylor, TCU, I don't know why TCU is ranked higher than Baylor at this point. The way I see it, though, is maybe it's because Ohio State, defending national champions, you have basically three of the Big Ten's best quarterbacks on your roster. You have a guy who, in three games, just shocked the world on route to a national championship. What Baylor is doing against their non-conference schedule and their one Big 12 game is what Ohio State should be doing. It's exactly what they should be doing. And it kind of goes to the question of, is Cardell Jones... Really, take, Is he really the guy that is going to lead you back to the national title game? Because, Brandon, I'm going to throw this out at you. This is a question. This week, Ohio State comes home to play Maryland. Last, last year, if I'm not mistaken, it was a close game where we had... No, it wasn't close. Was that the... It was close early on, and then Ohio State ran away with it. Give me a percentage that Maryland is going to upset Ohio State. The percentage. So 100 would be, it's totally going to be an upset. Zero is not a chance. Not going to be an upset at all. 65. I'd go 75. That is how much I just personally... I don't believe in this team. And the reason why is they're just not. If you can't blow out 
your non-conference schedule, Virginia Tech is the only one where it's like, okay, that one can be close. But if you look at it, Virginia Tech was more of a blowout than NIU and Indiana. That shouldn't happen. Well, Indiana may be. I mean, Indiana is 4-1 and one right now. But usually in big-time play, Indiana has, they get like one win in the conference. But when NIU is a closer score than Virginia Tech, it kind of makes you scratch your head. Baylor, on the other hand, doesn't care who they play. They've blown it out. And the reason why I think they're number one is I look at their Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU stretch at the end of the season, and I go, okay, I'm confident that Baylor can win those games. With Ohio State, I look at their last two games against Michigan State and Michigan, and I go, yeah, there's probably a chance that Michigan upsets them. Or there's probably a chance that they lose both of those games. A number one team, you should be, in my mind, a number one team, you should look each and every week and say, not a, n- not a doubt I picked them to win that game. That's, to me, a number one team. And right now, that's, at the moment, this little snapshot in the season, that's what Baylor is. At this point in time, that is what Baylor is. Baylor's that team, or if you ask me today, TCU, Baylor, I'm saying Baylor. And I can agree with you on that. I do agree with you on that, but the reason why that Ohio State is number mm-hmm. one right now is for the reasons that I have given throughout this podcast. Oh. But like I said, but like I said, if they lost tomorrow, which they won't because tomorrow is Tuesday. So if they lost this but if they week lost on Maryland. Saturday against Maryland, you know where they're probably falling for me? Out of the top ten. They're probably falling around like maybe fifteen. So Maybe lower. It'd be I mean, the same that's, thing, that's what the same I'm thinking. thing as USC when they lost to Stanford. Yeah, I mean, but 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 I, I I think that there would be so many people. I think there's so many people who are losing faith right now in Ohio State. I think honestly, I do. I think they'd be way down there. In my personal one, for mm-hmm. sure. In 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 the real um, AP poll, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're even in the top ten after if 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 they have a loss. If, but if not. They stay number one. You know what I'm really bummed about? That we're not going to see a Northwestern-Ohio State game this year? That Because Northwestern looks good. That Oh, Northwestern looks they great. Look good. And, and I know that you're, you you hate yourself when you no, say anything I, I, like hey, that. But. I got to give credit where credit is due. There you go. Taking the, what they were able to do to the Gophers this past weekend and just shut them out. You know what I can't? Like, this weekend's going to be great. In Ann Arbor. I wish I could go to that game because you're basically, you're having two foes this weekend where last week Northwestern shut out Minnesota. And for the past two weeks, Michigan has shut out their opponents. Michigan has pitched two straight shutouts. Northwestern has pitched one shutout. I think it's going to be a great game in Ann Arbor. I don't even know like who I would pick for that game if I had to. 2.30, though, on Saturday. I'm sorry, whoever else is playing. I'm locked to BTN, baby. Well, I'm going to be watching that game. Just to let you know, you are going to actually have to make a pick on I that. I will. Just our, to let you know. Video. So. But here's the thing I wanted to throw out and ask you. Old Miss, Notre Dame, 
Georgia and UCLA. We forgot them. One loss teams after this weekend. If you had to back one. Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Georgia, Georgia and, and UCLA. UCLA. Because they lost to, uh, it's blanking me right now. They lost to Arizona State. Yep. If you had to pick, if you had to pick one of State, those. They, Arizona State continues to be one of those teams that's kind of like. They were uh, supposed to be like uh, they were supposed to be really good in our mind. It's kind of like what that, that Dabo comment about the top 25. You and me were really high on Arizona State. You more than me. Then they lost to Texas A&M. And I think both of us kind of dismissed them right away. And now they beat. UCLA, but my question was going to be: Old Miss, Notre Dame, Georgia, UCLA. You've to you've to back one of those teams to to be a potential one loss playoff team. Who are you backing at this point in the season? Who's your presidential candidate for the college football playoff with one loss? You're going to say Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you guys can't at home, but I saw the face Brandon was making, and I'm like. He's gonna say he's gonna say Notre Dame. Yeah, if it's giving Ricky the eyes all that ultimately yeah. said, yeah, don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, out of like, I, I'd yeah. say Old Miss, and the reason why is Old Miss. I just feel like they had a bad week. They had one bad week. I don't see them being that same team for Old Miss. The big game's gonna be that LSU game later in the season. But I look at Georgia. To me, like I said, Georgia has that trap game in my mind against. Auburn, they may this may not be the only loss on their season. UCLA is going to be interesting, and the only reason why is because UCLA put themselves in like the worst situation you could. You lose to Arizona State, then you have at number sixteen Stanford at home against a top 25 team in Cal. Then to end the season, you have at Utah, at USC. This is the point where it's like, okay, coming into this, it was like you could lose one of those games and survive. Now that you lost to Arizona State, you have to run the table. You lose one of those ranked games and your season's done. You're just going to a bowl game. You're not going to the playoff. Well, in all honesty, I think UCLA is destined for ball, for a bowl game and not the playoff. I mean, I think that right now where they where they are with their quarterback situation, Rosen is going to be up and down all season long. And when you have that up and down play, you can only hang on for so long. And 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 that's just that's just not going to get you to the playoff. It's not going to. And I just it, one of those things where I will say, like the BYU game, I shouldn't have been as high as I was on them, but. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, huh, could they go undefeated this season? Do they have it in them? And I think the more shocking thing to me is Arizona State isn't, like, you beat a, like, UCLA dropped 13 spots in the AP Top 25, yet Arizona State isn't good enough to make it back into the Top 25. I mean, maybe that's because they have two losses on their docket, but part of me goes, wow. They're they're just really not that good. They're not, they're not good enough to get into the top twenty five. Is there anything that we miss though, Brandon? Anything before I say, give me your secret pick that you're going to say? Oh, we should have talked about that. Not that I can think of. 
Nothing I can think of. I, I feel I feel pretty good about this podcast. Okay. Give me your game. No, you have to give me yours first. I got, I I got to you... give you mine first? Yeah, you do. Hold on. I need to hold on. Just hold on a second. I need to, need to find the game I had for you. I had it, and now I lost Do you want course. your game then? What? I, I've got your game. It's ready. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna as I'm I'm gonna try and process what you tell me as I look through this to try and find yours. Gosh, dang it! Rice, Florida Atlantic. Uh, what kind of shit is that? I'm trying to find that's the game. I, I actually had a good game for you. You throw me that bullshit. Yeah, that's the game I'm gonna give you. Rice and Florida Atlantic. Can I Rice pick none? And Florida Atlantic. You could pick the tie, man. You could go with the tie if you want. Nah, I need to keep whooping your ass. Th- this week, I- I'm giving you this Ricky, week. My- Ricky, you should probably tell the uh, tell the listeners what our records are right now. Our records right now are Brandon has, you've got 20 right, I've got 18 right. So I am constantly just staying two back of you. I'm right now two games behind. We we're both three and three this past week. Overall, Brandon's 20 and nine. After week five in our college football pick'em, pretty good. I'm 18 and 11. If you're new, this is how it works, and I'm only explaining this so Brandon has a little time to find his game. The way it works. Did you say Rice? And- I said Rice, Florida Atlantic. They're two unranked teams. I'm giving you that kind of a game. But if you're new, how it works is we have our pick'em video. That's where we have the top five games of the week. Here at the end of the podcast, we have our secret pick. Brandon didn't know it was coming from me. I still don't know what's coming from the mind of Brandon Swanson. But we take that. There's six possible games we could get right a week. So far, Brandon's on top 20-9 to 18-11. and 11. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't like that pick. I don't really like that at all. So I'm just going to go with Rice because I know nothing about Florida Atlantic. Okay. Not a damn thing. So, and I'm, this going is what, with, so and I'm going with Rice. And I'll be honest, Brandon, I'm going to give you a little bit of tactical reasoning why I did this. Number one, I need to gain a game on you somewhere. Number two, this is one of those picks where I'm like, okay, Brandon, give me your gut pick. That's what this is. Because you know... If you gave me that game, I know nothing about Rice. I know nothing about Florida Atlantic. Give me the gut pick. That's what this is. What's your game for me? Did you find it? Well, I, I was going to give you one of them, but uh, I'm not going to give you that one anymore because you're such a fuck. Um, you're going to give so, me a shitty game too? No, I'm going to just find a better one. Okay. Um, okay, how about this one? How about Indiana, Penn State? Ooh. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Well, Indiana, coming off of a big, a big almost win, an almost win. You have Army was the last win for Penn State. Penn State hasn't lost since Temple. I'm gonna go at Hackenberg. I'm gonna go Hackenberg. James Franklin and Penn State getting the win at home, it at Beaver Stadium in University Park. I'm going uh, PSU all the. Way, but that is going to do it here for the primetime podcast. Go ahead, tell us down below in the comment section anything that you thought about today's podcast. Should Nick Saban go to the NFL? Should Mark Rich be fired? Is Baylor, should they be number one over Ohio State? Is Ohio State really the best team in the country? Go ahead, tell us that down below in the comment section. You can go ahead, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at 
young underscore swan 19. You can follow Most Valuable Podcast at Most Valuable Pod. If you're on YouTube, go ahead, hit that like button, that subscribe button. If you're on our SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that repost and that follow button. I want to thank you guys yet again for listening to this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.